Nick Hart from Backstreet Boys. Shout out to Boy Band Break. It's Chris Kirkpatrick here. Shout out to your podcast, Boy Band Break. Hey everybody, this is Howie D, and I'm listening to Boy Band Break. Hi, Ashley Parker Angel here. Huge shout out to the Boy Band Break podcast. This is Brad from LFO, and you are listening to Boy Band Break. Hey, what's up? This is Jacob. It's Dan. What's up? It's Trevor. And it's Eric Michael, and it's time for Boy Band Break, baby. Let's go! Welcome back to Boy Band Break. We encourage you to take a break from your day and join us in some boy band conversation. As always, I'm Chinzia. I'm Sophia. And Lydia, aka Mama Lou, is not here today. Stuck in traffic. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, sorry. Stuck in traffic. Stuck in, stuck in traffic again. As you can see, this is my, I don't know if I ever mentioned my new backdrop, which I bought at uh, Crazy Bins. It was $5. It's almost like a disco. It's like a shiny tablecloth. And I have a rolling rack because Lydia and I run a clothing swap every year. Um, so uh, the office behind me is a disaster and very dirty. So I figured, ah, I will use things and MacGyver it and make it look all fancy. So that's It's nice like we that. didn't even know. If yeah. you didn't share that information, we would have been like, wow, it's just a shiny tablecloth. Yes. Just pulling away the curtain. I'm not even going to show that's gross. Anyways. Yes. It's, it's like the like Wizard of Oz. We're giving away the secrets. Giving away the secrets. So, so how are you feeling since the last time we chatted five minutes ago? Oh, it was so exciting right now because uh, we have a new article to read. And have you ever thought to yourself, self, when you're younger, you love to go to the mall to see your favorite boy band and maybe see a couple of them together. And if it's free, because nothing is usually free nowadays. Yep. So you're an adult now, an older millennial, let's say, okay. and you're excited to go to the mall to see uh, some of your favorite boy banders perform together at a free concert what would you do okay so actually you know what that's a good segue that so i have not read this article yet so i will look it up uh, share it shortly however sophia when you were young did you ever meet a boy band at a mall i as i recall no <laughs> because as i was younger i wasn't able to do a lot of things but I was able to go to one concert because uh, 14-year-old Sophia was snuck in to the Backstreet Boys Millennium Tour concert at the Sky Dome in 1999. So, well, there you go. So there you go. So That, that was, was my biggest claim to fame at 14 years old. And okay. then as I got an older, because I have adult money, I was able to do more experiences and have even more fun. And I didn't have to get snuck into concerts anymore. There you go. So as, as we were talking about this, I just recalled there's actually several. So this is interesting because you actually live in Toronto. So I feel like yes. there's the, the potential of musicians coming to your mall must be pretty high, uh, like at the Eaton Center. Yes. But, but I also, live in Hilton. I have a, had a Greek father that would not let you who's very uh, strict in his rules. So the only way to go places 
was with either your cousin. Yes. And the cousin worked a lot. So it was either do that one concert or you don't go at all. And you just watch uh, them on TV, which is basically what I did. Watch things on television. Record like things it, on VHS. Exactly. It was like being there. Okay. So I am going to say, so I will say that I have had some experiences with boy bands at malls and other yes. places. So, um, Right off the top of my head, it reminded me of there was this Canadian boy band called VIP, and they had this song called Just My Luck. It's just my luck. She's got someone else. Anyway, so they were performing at my mall in Hamilton, Lime Ridge Mall. Uh, so we went to go see them. Now, I wasn't like a huge fan of them, but I was just like, boy band at the mall. I'm a teenager. Why the heck not? So we ended up going and uh, Cable 14 was there. So that was our local cable station. And I recall that like they were almost kind of like a joke because obviously we were like Backstreet and Sync fans, but we're like Canadian boy band, whatever. And I knew that like, so they were giving out like pictures that they were autographing. So I knew that if I was in front of the camera and I kissed the picture, then I would be on TV, which is exactly what happened. So I definitely did that. Um, not a boy band, but also a Canadian musician, Joey E. Like Joey, he was mm -hmm, also I remember him, yeah. when I met him at the mall. He was at like Jean Machine or something, signing autographs. Um, VIP did perform like a little performance. Um, didn't we so, go to a mall because new kids on the block had a did. so this is more recently yes. like in the past 10 years or so new kids came out with an album and we were we had got into like they were recording something mm. um because paul mcguire was doing the interview yes and we recorded and then i kind of got a kiss on the cheek from john as he was like walking by and stuff yes uh, we did that and they were going to the Pickering Town Center and we're yes. like, you know what? We got nothing else to do. Let's go. So obviously we didn't get the wristbands, but did they perform any songs when they were there? I can't remember. I don't think so. I think they yes, just signed they the one or two, but we did. We were not there because we were at the other event, so we didn't get the wristbands, but we pretty much stood by as they did the autograph signing there. Yes. Um, but duh, I also met in sync for the first time was at the, the same place, the Pickering Town Center, April 17th, 1998. We took like um, a train there, uh, got there, a little bus, stayed at the mall, barely got the wristband because they were only giving it out for the first 200 people. And they performed a couple of songs and then they did an autograph signing. Um, and uh, O-Town, I met in, at, in Toronto, not Toronto, Mississauga at Square One. They mm. were doing um, an autograph signing as well. And they said that you were not allowed to come on the property before five in the morning or something like that. So we like got on the first go bus, went there, did this whole thing. And they had already given out all the wristbands because they let people camp out the night before. So we were pissed, but we had made O-Town Bears so the radio station, Kiss 92, was like, okay, well, since you guys made the bears, we're going to let you go in and give the bears to the guy so you can still get the autograph. So my friend Stephanie at the time was mad and didn't hang out with us. So she didn't know this plan. So we couldn't get a hold of her. So she didn't get to go up there, but we still had her bear because she went to go meet up with some other friends. So we gave them. So we have, uh, so uh, I believe, again, they performed like two or three songs and then they did an autograph signing. So apparently I have a lot of experience with boys. See? I saw um, Three Deep, which is another Canadian boy band. Um, I remember. 
roller gardens and I was too cheap to get an autograph. So I just kind of like walk through line and take pictures. But again, so basically Joshua Morrow. Yes. And Eddie Cibrian. I guess. And CJ from Canada. Love him. Yay. Um, Anyways. So basically these mall things, at least back in the late nineties, early two thousands, they would come, they would perform like one or two hit songs and then you could get autographs. That's basically how this worked. So, um, and it was kind of fun, but you know, it, it, you know, it, it was fun for me going to the mall to see this. And obviously you're excited and you see a bunch of friends from school and other people. Uh, also the Moffats at Walmart where we camped out for that. And there was lots of damage because they didn't hire security and they like a lot of toilet paper and um, Tide detergent were ruined in this that thing. That is but... so funny. I don't know if they performed or if it was just an autograph signing, but yeah, that was like, I think that was in like 99. It was, yeah. So basically in the Hamilton. You basically have all the experiences. Of I, this you know what? Class. I honestly forgot about basically all of these experiences. So, uh, so I do so it's have a good thing. Things. I found this article. So it is a good thing you found this article. Um, so again, as a teen girl, it was a lot of fun to do this. I was normally, I didn't shop at the mall a lot. Uh, because I'm fat and the clothes don't fit me and I didn't really have any money but um, but uh, that's a lot of people would hang out at the malls and that was like a thing that you would do that's where you went yeah that's your go-to that's your go-to place to hang out I feel like the problem that I don't know if I would call this a problem but the problem is is that my family would just let people come over all the time and we would just hang out at my house and like play games and do stuff and stuff like that. So we didn't need to go to a mall and hang out, but I feel like a lot of people didn't want to hang out with their family or whatever, or wanted to like, just go out. So I feel like that's why the mall was the hip and happening place to go to. So yes. Anyways. So that, that's it my was a memory good meeting place for this for sure yes. okay so now on to the article that's now you, we've set the stage let's we've see set what the it's stage about. it's fun there's lots of people there's usually some cheering and screaming like it's a fun time but for the most part people are like normal and um yes so okay so this particular article which i have not read but i see the people so it, it excites me but also scares me to see what this person has written about this so it's uh, definitely very um, interesting and entertaining. Okay, so is this like a sarcastic horror? You know what? We will find Let's out read together. Let's together everyone. and find out together. So the, the thing that kind of concerns me, like it gives, it paints you a picture as well. The headline. All right. Uh, so what kind of concerns me is this is in a legitimate newspaper, the Washington Post. So I'm like. So it's probably going to shit upon this, but we'll just see what it says. Well, so it says, the joy you know is being So there so, could be some positive things. So this article, yes. So the article is called The Joy and Pain of a 90s Boy Band Concert at a Mall in 2023. Uh, and this is by Emily Yar, uh, Y-A-H-R. Uh, it was published April 4th, 2023. So... Uh, last year so and as uh, if you're not watching uh you can't see this but i see the lovely little faces of o-town and chris so i'm like ah it's a pop 2000 tour um yes when they were there for a free concert i believe they it was but... yeah. so this is the thing i love 
them and this this is a very affordable tour to get to um and they put on a fantastic show yes but there's definitely do. a lot of places in the states where you get the you get the show for free and i was just like what the hell like why mm-hmm. can't we get that around here like it was like i think 100 bucks when we came to camp like i know we'll pay for it whatever but it's just you know i would like a free mall show really yeah give us something my curiosity though is do you think they did the full show I guess we'll find out in this Probably article. Probably not. I feel like it would be like about... half an hour, maybe. Okay. Because usually yeah. there's like, it's about an hour and a half, two hours, the full show. So it's like O-Town, LFO, um, Chris from NSYNC. Sometimes Ryan Cabrera is there. Sometimes another band is there. This year, BB Max you... again. Wouldn't they need like a permit to like sing in the mall or couldn't you just go to the mall and be like, Hey, these boys are performing. Like, don't they have to get permission from the mall? Well, yes. Obviously people? the mall management team has, the mall would have yes. contacted them and hired yes. them to be there. So and I don't think it's not like, like they're, per- they're not performing for free. The mall is paying them to be there. It's not. Yes. Like, but yes. I, I feel like it wouldn't be the full set, but. You never know. Maybe they'll say it's a two hours. Who knows? And I remember actually wanting to go to this show um, and looking up, like, because they did, like, VIPs and stuff as well. So I was just like, but it was very far away from us. I can't remember if it was, like, 12 hours. Yeah, I think it was something like 13 hours, maybe. I was like, yeah, we can't do that. So I'll miss it. Maybe it was eight hours. It might have only been eight hours. But I'm like, I'm not going to go. Anyways, so basically... So it has a picture of them and it says, O-Town and Chris Kirkpatrick of NSYNC, spelt not the way I like it, uh, perform as part of the Pop 2000 tour at Westfield Montgomery Mall in Bethsaida, MD, Maryland, on April 1st in partnership with the National Cherry Blossom Festival's Blossom event. So yeah, I think it was like, I feel like something was happening that day and that's why I couldn't go. And I was like super bummed because I was like, I could probably road trip it for the weekend for a free concert. Anyways. Okay. Mm. Uh, It says, the mall is a place where time stands still, where the whiff of floral fragrance mists at Bath and Body Works or the butter soaked goodness at Auntie Anne's pretzels can instantly take you back to a simpler time. Mm, Those good. Those are good pretzels. Um, Perhaps as a teenager, when your biggest concern was whether to spend your allowance on butterfly hair clips from Claire's. Mm, That's true. Yes. Or a rhinestone tea from the limited two. We did not have that in Canada. No, we did not. I know what it is. And on Saturday afternoon at Westfield Montgomery Mall in Bethsaida, Maryland, Excited fans yearning for that time travel showed up to be transported. I don't know why I'm reading this dramatically, but this is how it's I think that's fun. Continue if you must. Okay. Thankfully, a quaffed group of men were up to the task. The members of the Pop 2000 tour, a traveling rotation of 1990s and early 2000s boy bands, Society has rarely let the boy bands rest. Get back to work! Our nostalgia-obsessed world told the baggy jean-wearing, platinum-blonde highlighted superstars who consumed our culture and sold tens of millions of albums two decades ago. For the most part, they have acquiesced to the demand over the past 10 years with new albums, TV appearances, tell-all memoirs, and podcasts. 
but especially reunion tours. That's true. That's true. This is the latest in a set of dates on the Pop 2000 tour kicked off on the lower level of a mall outside Nordstrom. Fun fact, I went there to buy uh, Fu Mansquito clothing back in the day when I was on vacation in Florida. Because again, And now Nordstrom has closed all their stores in Canada. I don't think they had stores in Canada. Nordstrom? Nordstrom? Yeah, I thought they did. Well, I don't know. I didn't shop them all. Again, oh, okay. didn't fit into the clothes. Oh, yeah. um, I thought they were only in the States. Okay. Uh, I remember there was one um, by Bloor Station, Young and Bloor in Toronto. So that's oh, okay. the only reason why I know there was a store there. Well, I feel like Toronto gets a lot of the stores and then up. So that makes and sense. And then they, the businesses are closing. So because of pandemic, inflation, you know, that stuff. All that jazz. Yeah. Okay, back to the article. Uh, everyone recognized the strange and full circle nature of the situation. Uh, it's been a long time since we performed in a mall, but this brings back a ton of nostalgia. 98 Degrees star Jeff Timmons, 49, told the crowd many women in their 30s and 40s. Timmons co-hosted, so he definitely did do a lot of co-hosting with Chris. Yes. I feel like Chris is mostly just doing it now. Mm. Uh, Timmons co-hosted the Hour Plus concert with Chris Kirkpatrick, 51. Oh, okay. Good to know, an hour. Also the lone uh, a representative of his band, NSYNC. So there they are. And this was when Chris had uh, broken his arm or done yes. something to his shoulder. Yes, that was, that was 90s only, con. I guess, 90s con, and then this was April. I feel like that's why we didn't go, because we had just gone to 90s con, and we weren't going to, like... Yes. Go. But anyways, because we already got the experience from with him. Well, it's not the experience. From oh, well, concert, yes, obviously, of course. But I'm just saying we've yes. already done those things. Yes. Yes, for sure. Uh, Jeff Timmons, he still got it. Chris Kirkpatrick said admiringly after Timmons belted out solo renditions, renditions with a vocal backing track of two of his group's biggest smashes, Because of You and I Do Cherish You. <laughs> Gesturing to Timmons' muscles on display... In a pink button down, Chris. Uh, by the way, they were all wearing pink holes in them to show his nipples, like he did at the rewind con. Um, oh by God. the way, the reason why they're all wearing pink is because it was part of this Blossom Festival, and they were doing some stuff, so they they made them all wear pink. Except, um, I believe Brad was still wearing his black elephant shirt. Anyways. Well, to you know, to honor Rich and honor Dan. Yes. So yes, okay. Uh, Kirkpatrick said this is what happens when you don't eat carbs he then addressed himself arm in a sling after sh shoulder surgery that he joked was due to old age and this is what happens when you do eat carbs oh that Chris <gasps> what a jokester uh, gotta love him the audience screamed its approval throughout the show, anchored by the highly energetic O-Town, the Orlando-based group built on ABC's Making the Band, Fame Factory in 2000. Eric Michael Estrada, Dan Miller, Trevor Pennick, and Jacob Underwood, all in their early 40s, uh, all in coordinated pink-accented outfits, led the crowd through sing-alongs of their hits, Liquid Dreams, All or Nothing, and We Fit Together as well as medleys of Boys to Men, Shawn Mendes, and, for some reason, multiple Chainsmokers songs. 
I think it's definitely surprising to see the fans react the way they do still, but I think it's far more surprising to see their children react the way they do now, Estrada said in an interview before the concert, which did have young kids of millennials bopping along. It's incredible to see the power of music and see how that can translate over decades. As the group doled out classic choreography, the box step, the spinning, fingers pointed to the sky, and joined with Kirkpatrick on NSYNC's monster hits Bye Bye Bye, It's Gonna Be Me, and Tearing Up My Heart, fans' eyes glazed over as they transcended time and space, drifting off as the beats blasting out of the speakers reminded them of their first CDs, first concerts, first crushes, school dances, cranking up the radio in their mom's car. Kirkpatrick and Timmins know exactly what's going on when they see these expressions. In addition to all the financial incentives, it's why they still do this. Well, okay. Um, <laughs> well, at least they're being honest, right? Well, yeah. Uh, we didn't know what to expect because we haven't been around and we weren't cool for a while, Timmins said in an interview during a pre-show meet and greet at Lucky Strike Bowling, talking about the time around 2013 when Powers... That B urged 98 Degrees, brothers Nick and Drew Lachey, along with Justin Jeffrey, to reunite. But the fans were there, and they were excited, and they were happy to see us. So that was our deciding factor. I think as you get older, you appreciate it a lot more, he continued. Not that you didn't appreciate it the first time, but we're having way uh, more fun than ever. There's not so much pressure anymore, and we're having more fun with each other, too. Uh, like like BB Mac, uh, Night Eight Degrees has said that they didn't really appreciate it as much the first like yeah time around because again you're so busy and you're trying to be like perfect and do your thing and all that stuff. So yeah, uh, okay. Uh, which is like for anybody, right? Like even which is basically for anybody because you don't know what you're doing when you're going to concerts than when you're younger because you're like oh whatever. Maybe. Yeah, exactly. No, it's good. Um, okay, so Kirkpatrick added that they have the best of both worlds. They can go home to their families and be regular people during the week, then hit the road in all its glory on the weekends. They have they a good balance here. now. See, they can yes, balance you know? it out. Yeah, it's good. And what's good about that is when they have the concerts on the weekends, we don't have to worry about work and all that stuff during the day, like during the regular. Are you week. okay? Yeah, I just hit a thing because I was gesturing oh, okay. wildly. You're very excited for this part. Well, it's true, though, but I, I like it better when the concerts are on the weekend because you don't have to worry about, you know, driving however many hours right. and having to Taking work. Taking off from work. That exactly. Kind of so you're like, weekend, beautiful. Nice little road yeah. trip, do your thing. It's good. Anyways, exactly. Uh, so which is also good for them. Uh, so they can go home to their families and be regular people during the week, then hit the road in all its glory on the weekends. You come out here and kind of, to a certain extent, relive, as my son calls them, the olden days, he said. Oh, Nash. Okay. Plus, the circumstances of their lives have led to a link that can never be broken. Kirkpatrick dispels the notion that all boy bands are in one group chat, though there is an sync text chain with, Chris, uh, with Justin Timberlake, Lance Bass, JC Chazay, and Joey Fatone. Kirkpatrick sent an April Fool's Day prank to them on Saturday. The only one who responded was Timberlake, who didn't fall for it. <laughs> but all the guys, um, 
remain members of the same brotherhood that became really insanely wildly famous with all the excitement and absurdity and curses that can bring. Kirkpatrick says it's uh, it's similar to a college where they all pledge different fraternities. Back in the day, we were competing for this or doing this, and now we're all just go back and look. How fun was college? How much fun were those times, he said, because there are only four other guys on this planet that have gone through what I have gone through. Which we've talked about in the previous uh, episodes. Yes, we have. And so if you're not watching, you can see there. Um, if you are watching, you can okay. see that there is a picture of them all and people are on both levels and it's kind of really packed. But I feel like we could have been close to the front. Anyways, I'm not dwelling on the fact that I didn't go to this concert. I'm continuing. I am, obviously, but yes. Yes. Um, and the picture is captioned, the millennials return to the mall to hear their favorite boy bands. So it says, the bond is real, which only makes the story of the band LFO more devastating. Uh, a fact impossible to ignore during Saturday's show. Despite the joy in the crowd and the stage, there was also real pain. LFO, the trio that lit up the charts in 1999 with inescapable, inescapable hits, Summer Girls and Girl on TV, has suffered more loss than most. Lead singer Rich Cronin died of leukemia at the age of 36 in 2010. And eight years later, bandmate Devin Lima died of cancer at age 41. Brian Briz Gillis, a founding member who was replaced by Lima when he left the group in 1999, died last week at the age of 47. His cause of death has not been released. Did that ever get released? No. Interesting. But that like so much sucks for Brad that like to lose. I know. That's, oh, I just feel so bad for him. Anyways. Um, what are the chances though, right? Like, like that's crazy. Like that's yeah. so sad. Um, it's pretty surreal, you know. I've said it for a long time, but the LFO story is really a tragedy, a tragic story. Brad Fischetti, 47, the lone surviving member, said in an interview. He and Lima, his best friend, reunited in 2018 to play to pay homage to Cronin. After Lima's death, Fischetti joined the Pop 2000 tour in memory of his friends and bandmates. My mission with this stuff is to honor Rich, honor Devin, and bring back fans to a simpler time. A time before work, before kids, before marriage, before divorces, before money problems. Indeed, fans at the mall said they were there for nostalgia's sake. One said she just attended 90s Con in Connecticut last month, an event dedicated to the glory days of millennials that featured a boy band panel with Kirkpatrick, Fatone, and Timmins. But there's also been a cultural fixation on the darker side of the 90s and early 2000s celebrities who had struggles, often as teenagers under the crush of fame. Britney Spears and Amanda Bynes, whose mental health issues and conservatorships have been publicly documented, are regulars in tabloid headlines. Bynes canceled an appearance, a scheduled appearance at 90s Con. Aaron Carter, who once performed on the Pop 2000 tour, died at the age of 34 last year after his battles with addiction. Uh, Fischetti was noticeably quieter than his fellow performers on Saturday and was deeply saddened to hear about Gillis last week. They last spoke a few years ago, he said, and he wrote a long emotional tribute on Instagram about how he was struggling to process the loss. As Fischetti works through his grief, he appreciates the fans who still lose it when they hear the opening notes of the hits and sing along to every word. A lot of shows, I end up in tears at the end. You know what I mean? It's almost like reliving the pain 
every show, Fischetti said. And there's shows where I go, okay, that's it. I can't do it again. And then I go and do selfies in the merch line afterwards. And a lot of fans say these words that make me think. I can't. I can't stop. They're so gracious to me. Uh, so here is a picture of all the members. So it's uh, Chris, uh, Jacob, um, Jeff, Eric, Dan is behind Eric, Brad, and then Trevor in front with that. Um, so it says, the pain in Fischetti's voice was evident when he took the stage with O-Town to sing Summer Girls, Girl on TV, West Side Story, and Every Other Time. Which, by the way, the, those songs all made my top Spotify list this year because I made a like my most listened to songs because I just yes. listened to them a lot. And I feel like I've really like grown a lot of appreciation for Brad um, and LFO. And I'm just like, oh, these songs are really sure. and good. So, yeah. Definitely. Uh, his eyes shielded under a black baseball cap. He told the audience about Cronin, one of the greatest rappers who ever lived and Lima, the kind of voice that still brings me to my knees in tears and said he wanted to carry on LFO's legacy. He wore a t-shirt with the bedazzled hashtags honor rich and honor Devin and had their shoes tied to a microphone stand, which he picked up and held towards the sky. I would be remiss not to mention another part of LFO's story, the first two chapters. Without his hard work and dedication, the LFO you've come to love would never have existed. Brian Briz Gillis, he said, and then asked the crowd to have a moment of praise for these three men. I want you to scream so loud that they feel your love in the heavens. If there's something these guys loved more than anything, it was to rock a show. The audience screamed and Fischetti looked emotional, though he did crack a smile whenever the crowd yelled LFO's most famous lyrics back to him during Summer Girls. I like girls that wear Abercrombie and Fitch. The catharsis on all levels was clear, the thrill of reliving the sweetness of the past, even with the existential, existential sadness of knowing that it would all someday, it could someday all disappear. So there you go. Okay, well, that wasn't too bad. That wasn't... Yeah, I, I thought it I was thought a good one. Like Although when it said joy and pain, I thought it was giving up like more something different. But that makes more sense that it would be pain because obviously Brad is on tour with them. So yes, because of rich, the rich and Devin, not pain that Brad is there. <laughs> no, no, be yes, because uh, he's honoring the two members who have died, so he still yes. thinks about them, and it's painful kind of thing. That's what I mean. What I think is interesting is what he's he's doing now. So before it would be a very somber moment. And you yes. have a moment of silence. And now he's kind of changed it up a bit. So it's like a moment of praise. It's like more like a celebration celebrating of them and celebrating them as opposed to like being as like whatever. But that's a lot of shit to go through for sure. So, it definitely is. Yes. Yes. Like but I can't imagine. It was a, this was a good article. Yes, it was a good article. And the ones who have gone through a lot of the mental health issues and things like that have been solo artists and things. Yes. So I feel like that's the brotherhood of boy bands helps them stay focused and have, as Chris said, people that went through the same experience with you and yes. stuff like that. Yes. So, so anyways... And this um, tour has definitely helped their bond, I think, because oh, for sure. everyone is like gets along as friends, buddy buddy, that kind of thing. Yes. Totally then, random and off topic. Sorry. And I also think nineties con has also helped them to be buddy buddy friends, like 
because they can share their experiences with each other. It's like a reunion together. And now, you know, they're always hanging out. So that's pretty cool, too. Because when you're younger, you're like, wow, you have to choose between one band and another band? Why? This is so weird. But now they're like, yes. Good. And then start from the 90s. It is a a boy band holiday family. Um, So, yeah, it's it's interesting because we also went to that uh, boy band Christmas thing that was uh, Eric from O-Town and had 98 degrees and had like so... So I feel like one of the members of All for One, right? Yes, that was it. Yep, they had that. Um, And then we have this boy band symphony concert that's coming up with Christian Saint Jeff Timmons from Ninety Degrees and Eric from O Town. Um, We so some great uh, opportunities to come together and make money for them, obviously, but also obviously yes to Uh, share more experiences with the fans. And as you were saying that like the 90s con, um, they're hanging out and then Joey and AJ did a show together and yes. now they're on tour. See, it just you just spark an idea and it just comes alive because fans are demanding it. See? You know, so we are here. We would like to go to our boy bands. And that's uh, yeah. great. We appreciate you all and thank you for doing continuing to do so many fun things. Exactly. So I think that's great. Um, hmm. Okay. So how much time, what time are we at on your? Uh, 33.06. Okay. So we have time for another article. Beautiful. Good thing I shared four with you. (laughs) You did. All right. So we have one called the rise and fall of boy bands, or we have the top 20 best modern boy bands. How about we do like, the rise and fall? I feel like the rise and fall of goes with this. So let's see yes. what this one is about. So uh, again, I have not read this article yet. So thank you for Sophia for finding it. So let's see how this one goes. So this one is from a website called 34thstreet.com. And it is called the rise and fall of boy bands. Exposing the exploitation and hardship endured by seemingly perfect young pop stars. Interesting. So and, I feel like yes. sorry, they have a magazine, and I'm I'm assuming it's supposed to be like J14, but they put 34. Yes, so I guess that's them older now and has a little One Direction heart there. Yes. So I'm wondering if this is going to be similar to the BuzzFeed article that we did on last week's show, uh, where it was talking oh, that's like possible. Stuff. Yes, so, and it has like a little iPod. Remember that? Yes. Oh my God! Look how old we are. I remember buying when I went to go visit my friend in Calgary, and it was like I don't know, like two hundred bucks, and you could like. Yeah, remember how songs on there? Everything used to be so popular for like a couple years, and then the next big thing happened. You know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like. Yes. The Blackberry. And then after the Blackberry, the Samsung phone. I'm a Samsung right now. I refuse to go back to iPhone for now. Yes. I have always been Samsung. Yes. I know. Although I kind of want to buy literally stems back to the Mac and PC commercials. Sorry. And just like my hatred for Apple products. And I know I said, I just said I had an iPad pod, but anyways, 
my hatred for Apple products goes back to the commercials with Justin Long mm-hmm. and where he was just like this cocky like Apple guy and making fun of PC and I was just like screw you PC whatever I don't know like literally it's been like decades and yet I'm still annoyed by it you still remember memorize this commercial and I did and I did have an iPhone for a while and it was good but I'm like I would rather be an Android person myself so exactly it's nothing to do with anything but anyways let's continue on with this so well it's in it's in the scope of what we were listening to and had back in the day it's true okay so this um article again so it's called the rise and fall of boy bands on 34thstreet.com it is by ryan mills i like that that's a fun name r-y-a-n-n-e beautiful Uh, fun uh so this was written february 2nd last year so 2023 okay so boy bands you either love them or you hate them well we we have a podcast and we love them heart maybe you can do Uh, maybe you can do half a heart oh can can you do your other uh, hand well well, okay maybe like that i don't know i feel like because (laughs) articles here we can't connect sorry i feel like i would have to go down and you go up that just looks like a weird i don't know what the heck we're doing okay no it's not gonna work all right Okay, you do the heart for Okay, all. hold on. Would you like me to stop the screen for a second no, and then we can do a heart? Okay, there you go. Oh, God, why does my hand look so weird? Sophia, you got Maybe your other hand? No, you're on the other side of the screen. Should I do this? Yes. But come closer. But your other hand, shouldn't your other hand go the other way? No. Shouldn't you use your other hand? No. Are we connecting? Oh, okay. what are we I don't know. Okay, it doesn't like work. Weird. Sorry. Okay, she's doing the heart for my heart. <laughs> okay. I thought it would be easy, but apparently no. Because where I am and where you are, I think because your phone is flipped, I feel like maybe that's maybe why. that's why. You put your uh... put your hand the other way. Put your hand going this way. Yes, and now go up to the side of the screen. More. It's not going to work anyways. This is a big. Gap. Okay, we did it. We tried. You did yeah, a hard for all of us. Thank you so much. All right. <laughs> anyways. Okay, back to the article. This is the fun we have on the podcast. All right. Boy bands, either love them, yes, or hate them. Yes, we love them because why would we have a podcast if we didn't, right? That is true. That's going on. I don't even know how many years we've had this. At least five years. Uh, Five years. I think it's six coming up in uh, in summertime. August. Growing up in the 2010s, it was fairly common to see young girls. 2010s. So this person is much younger than us that is writing. This Clearly, because um, yes. they missed a whole decade. Two decades, maybe. Anyways, all right. Yes, yeah, sorry, decades. Yes. Yes. Uh, growing up in the 2010s, it was fairly common to see young girls' walls splattered with One Direction posters, or hear them listening to Five Seconds of Summer songs on repeat. Something about the craze is intoxicating. Car rides spent debating with your friend who was the best, who the best boy band member is, or watching interviews and trying to guess when the next album will be released. I'm just gonna put that. I just realized I could just move this screen over to this screen so I'm not hurting my neck because I'm old and I'll get off the side. <laughs> All right, sorry. I digress. All right. Uh, okay. Uh, car rides spent debating with your friend who the best boy the best band member is or watching interviews and trying to guess when the next album would be released but behind the thrilling fandom 
uh, lies harsh realities about the life these young men lived off the stage. The term boy band is flexible. Most of the time, boy band members don't play instruments. They sing and dance with the occasional strumming of a guitar. Some coin the term as groups made up of some coin the term as groups made up of industry plants, artists who are signed to a record label at a young age and overseen by a dominating CEO. But most often, boy bands are known as the group of young, attractive male singers whose music targets a young female audience. Fair enough, I would say that yeah. probably. Yeah. Uh, one of the fastest growing artists of all time, Many argue that the Beatles were the original boy band due to the highly enthusiastic response they received from their female audience. The Beatles were the first to incite the level of fan frenzy that is commonly seen today. A hysteria then officially labeled Beatlemania. Though still heavily debated, most critics agree that the Beatles laid the groundwork for the future of boy bands. A second wave of boy bands emerged in the 90s with NSYNC, New Kids on the Block. I feel like New Kids were a little before that, but okay. And the Backstreet Boys. Known for their charming personalities and upbeat lyrics, many experts consider the 90s the true era of boy band popularity. I concur. Yes. yes. Uh, we recently saw the rise of boy bands again in the 2010s with Big Time Rush, Jonas Brothers, Five Seconds of Summer, and most notably, One Direction. The most intense fan frenzy of all relevant eras, fangirls camped outside concert venues and hotels just to get a glimpse of the band members. Meet and greets were sold out in seconds, and fan fiction stories scattered across the internet. That is, that is very true. You know, I don't think I ever actually asked you this. So, did you ever write fan fiction, or did you read it? I never read. I never wrote fan fiction, but I read it. I still think one of my favorite moments is when we were in Montreal at Nick Carter's uh -huh. solo thing, uh -huh. and somebody asked him, "What do you think of fan fiction?" And then he's like, "Oh, oh my gosh, it's terrible! It's so horrible!" Blah 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 blah. And he starts going on, and everyone's just looking at him. Like, I know he's saying like such negative things. He's just saying such <laughs> negative things. He's like, he's like, wait, am I like, what am I, am I talking about the right thing? Like, why are you guys all looking at me that? And they're like, you know, fan fiction, like stories about, oh, like <laughs> sexy stories. And he's just, he's like, oh, okay, I'm good with that. I'm like oh my god yeah he, he went on and on like how negative it was like that's not I good i'm really curious <laughs> as to what he thought it was i don't know if he thought it meant like fans fighting with each other like it was a very confusing <laughs> very confusing moment i wish we would have actually filmed like i know that but that was funny that was such a funny show and then and like meet and greet and then i snort laughed and he's like oh somebody did that yesterday and then you're like it's the same person <laughs> and he's like that's okay i do that too so there you oh, go God. yes ah uh, yes because that was when i told him he shit his pants okay anyways yes I don't know, let's get back. What were we talking about? Basically, yes. Fun memories that just come to you. They just, you know, you forget all these moments that you've had over the years and you're like, oh yeah, I did that. Oh, that happened. Yes. Yes. I did write fan fiction. I had an in sync fan fiction, which ironically kind of predicted the future here because 
Then we also had, um, they were on tour with O-Town and Aaron Carter and like all this other stuff. So I feel like that eventually happened in the Pop 2000 tour. Well, world, then you so. got to play the lottery. Come on. Mm-hmm. There you go. Anyways, okay. Uh, meet and greets were sold out in seconds. Fan fiction stories scattered across the internet. Boy bands are typically seen as factory produced with a record label CEO or talent manager bringing them together and overseeing the artistry of the band. Simon Cowell, for example, orchestrated the creation of One Direction on X Factor, signing them to his label. I just realized that I just missed. Okay, sorry. Uh, I have lost. Uh, And acting as their manager. Sorry? I was just helping you to follow to find the spot. You got it. No, I just realized that when I moved it over, I have a half screen and then if I could like, I can make it bigger or smaller by doing this. Which oh, means cool. that I could have done this earlier and got rid of ads on the side and I didn't do that. So good to know for future. See? So it's all a learning experience. All learning experience. So. Okay. Okay. Uh, da, 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 da. Simon Cowell, for example, orchestrated the creation of One Direction on X Factor, signed them onto his label, and acted as a manager until their dissolution. This big man mentality is actually extremely dangerous, with several money-related scandals emerging during these artists' rise to fame. Excuse me <laughs> Should I read? I can see it, actually. Let me see. Can you see it now? Yeah. Okay, sure. In 1998, the Baxter Boys were shocked to find their beloved manager, Lou Pearlman, had been withholding money from them for years. Through Pearlman had acquired $10 million in revenue, the band members only received a cumulative 300000 with one of them revealing that another member could barely afford their rent. Wow. Perlman proceeded to do the same thing to NSYNC, cheating them out of money for years. These rich CEOs deceived their clients by playing the role of a father figure, preying on these young men's naivety, and then exploiting them for personal gain. Damn it, Lou. I know, right? Come on, Lou. They trusted you. Additionally, band members are pushed to the edge with extremely long tours, concerts on back-to-back nights, and their personal life constantly being invaded by fans and paparazzi. This type of career can be exhausting and quite damaging to their mental and physical health, which is true. Several big-time boy band members have admitted to feeling pressure to portray perfection and live up to the expectation their fan base and bosses have for them. In a vulture focus piece, Joe Jonas says, we didn't want to disappoint anyone. Our parents, our fans, our employers. So we put incredible pressure on ourselves, the kind of pressure that no teenager should be under. I think a lot of times we forget that a lot of them are teenagers when, uh, yeah. And they're only human, right? So nobody's perfect. Everyone makes mistakes. This immense pressure has been parroted by other boy members with Zayn Malik of One Direction admitting that being on tour caused him great anxiety and triggered his eating disorder. The workload and the pace of life on the road put together 
with the pressures and strains of everything going on within the band, had badly affected my eating habits. I didn't feel like I had control over anything else in my life, but food was something I could control, he says. Zane departed from the band in 2015, a huge shock to fans who had no idea he was suffering. I had no idea that Zane had an eating disorder. Did you know that? Me neither. That's literally the first time I'm hearing this. Yeah, me too. Hmm. Pushed to his breaking point by his crime-ridden boss, Brian Littrell of the Backstreet Boys sacrificed his physical health for the upkeep of the band. This is true. Yes. In 1998, he told he was told he needed open-heart surgery. Brian tells Rolling Stone that he delayed surgery twice because of the tours. It was like nobody really cared or felt that it was important because the career was moving on. Just eight weeks after his surgery, Brian was back on stage performing through, performing, though he has admitted that he didn't feel at all ready to return. Oxygen, oxygen tanks were even kept near the stage at all times for Brian to use throughout the show. Which is horrible that, that nobody in the band surgery you're supposed to be like out there like fully dancing and doing all your shit. You're literally supposed to be resting, right? So like no one in the group or no one in their team was like, hey, maybe we should give Brian a break. Maybe we should take a break for a little while. But because it's money driven, they're like, okay, you can have oxygen tanks backstage. Yeah, that's crazy. That's really bad. All right, uh, here we go. The fan hysteria that surrounded these bands led to internal strain as well. The intensity of the Directioner fandom affected the friendship between band members Lou Thompson and Harry Styles. Oh, yes, I remember this, I believe. Fans were convinced that the, the two were in a secret relationship, ship named Larry. Okay, so I have seen this on Twitter. People are still um, interested about this relationship. Larry Stileson, I think, was the name of the the. So they people on Twitter are still thinking they're in a relationship because I've seen some of these uh, ship people just hope that they can, which is hilarious because a lot of the times the boy banders were not allowed to admit the actual gay boy banders were not allowed to admit they were gay because they thought they would um, alienate fans. And yet here the fans are shipping two members together. Right. So like, like, wow, it's like totally a 180 from a previous Yes. Um, but I do feel like in the fan fiction world, there was always like a lot of like gay member fanfics and stuff. But I also, I don't, I yes, don't know. Yes, it's man. very it's interesting weird. that. Uh... So I, I think it's weird that this particular one came, I guess, because it was during the times of social media and stuff that they could be like tagging them and like making little like fan collages or whatever the frig people did. But, you know. Yeah. And then, they, and then they were like, um, I guess on like their tour, the solo tours, they're like, oh, this isn't for his girlfriend. This is for Harry. And I was like, what? How do you can even tell? So like sometimes you wonder, are people like literally just joking and they think this is a funny joke or they actually think it's like serious? I have no idea. Right? Like you don't know, right? I don't know. The two boys felt as if they couldn't be themselves without every move they made being microanalyzed and misread. 
the two were forced to distance themselves from each other to dodge these false accusations. That's kind of sad. I know. <laughs> How are you doing? You can read or do you want to read? I can, yeah, I can take over. Okay. Yeah. Good job, Soph. Thank you for taking over. Of course. No problemo. Uh, the Jonas Brothers infamous, infamously wore purity rings, asserting that they were waiting until marriage to have sex for religious reasons. But before it was known what these rings meant, fans went crazy with speculation that the boys were married or in a cult. The boys have said they never felt... Why did they even bother to give them rings? That is why this weird thing. But okay. I know. And then, like, the people just keep speculating and, like, I make it worse. The they don't make it better. This is weird. not better. Yeah, this is I, worse. Yeah. The yeah. brothers have said they never felt comfortable with the media attention surrounding the rings, and it caused strain between them. The Jonas Brothers split up in 2013, partially due to this controversy. Uh, so while music critics can continue to call boy bands shallow, we must be more sensitive to the hardships these young men endured in order to create a fantasy for their fans. The idealization of these stars shaped many teenagers' childhoods, but it seems like sometimes people forget that these stars are just kids too. While we listened to their songs, they were the ones spending hours in the studio instead of going to high school or college. Well, we attended a few of their concerts. They were the ones spending months on end away from family for worldwide tours. Boy bands, you either love them or you hate them. But no matter what, you should respect them. Laugh at your middle school obsessions, cringe at old songs you used to love, but always remember to thank them for bringing us along on the craziest ride of their lives. Of our lives. You know and is, we are still on the ride of our lives because we, we definitely are them a lot. I'm glad. I appreciate that they're still there. I know exactly. We put up with a lot of shit for being boy band fans in high school and whatever. And yes, but and it's they... all worth it because look at us now. Take a look at me now. Well, just take a look at the intro of this podcast in which we have exactly. all of them. Many of our favorite boy banders talk, talk to listen to this. So, uh, listening to boy band break. Um, but yeah, so we've had a lot of amazing experiences over the years with various boy bands. So we exactly. appreciate all the hard work that you guys have done, uh, the shit that you've thanks for the good with. time. So thank you for everything you do. Thank you for we would not have met if it was not for the Backstreet Boys. So yes. they bring friendships together. Um, so yeah, so. What a community we have built. Yes. And I think it's like, it's a nice camaraderie that like the fans still have. And now that we can kind of, we see the boys often, but like some of them recognize other like people and fans and things that support them and go to shows and stuff like that. And even if you don't, even if you've never been to a show and you've only have their music and stuff, I feel like music is one of those as the song from the late 90s let the music heal your soul so uh yes music so, brings us all together music brings us together this uh interactions online with other fandoms and people and i just think that's really great that after all these years we're still allowed to love the things that we love and and yeah yes. don't make anyone make you feel like garbage because you're having a great time and you love boy bands so and even if they do it doesn't concern them because you can do what you like. If you're not hurting anyone, your own life. enjoy yourself. Exactly. So, and honestly, I just feel like it's so great over the years as well. Cause like as both of the article, well, not 
last week's article and this week's articles have mentioned that like, you know, they weren't allowed to say or do certain things. And now that they've grown up, they are definitely allowed to say and do whatever the heck they want. And I think that just makes it more fun. Like if you guys have not like seen Joey Fatone and Chris Kirkpatrick, like in person or just like interacting or saying like, they're friggin' hilarious. They are very funny. So funny. And like the guys of O-Town are really like, basically they're all funny and like, entertaining people and you know good for them they they had they are still they're able to come back and live their lives and you know have their own regular everyday lives and still get to be boy banders on the weekend and um we are still manifesting a bit of an in sync reunion because that's basically yes. the only one that still hasn't come back i guess one direction still hasn't come back yet but um you know Feel free to come back, guys. We, we will right. welcome you with open arms. We all want you to come back. We would love yes. to see a tour again. I think only that one song is just a taste, but the taste yes. we want more. Please. Yes, for sure. No? So hopefully lots of, hopefully we'll all be in a better place soon with more boy band reunions. That's um, right. Yes. Yeah. And on that okay. note, what a great way to end it. Yeah, that's great. Fantastic. Yes, I think so as well. All right. Well, thanks for taking a break with us, guys. Until next time. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.